In this episode of the Living for Truth podcast, we resume our personal reading of Christianity Through the Centuries, A History of the Christian Church by Earl E. Carnes. We resume our reading in chapter 22 in the section titled The Supremacy of the Papacy, 1054 through 1305 AD. Chapter 22 Crusaders and Reformers Christianity in Western Europe was marked by bursts of crusading and reforming zeal during the 12th and 13th centuries. Expeditions of Christian knights fought for religious ends instead of private gain or political ends. Between 632 and 732, Muslims had aggressively threatened the West, but between 1095 and 1291, crusades against Muslims in Europe and Asia and heretics in Europe were carried on for the most part under the aegis of the Roman Roman Church. The Cistercian and Dominican and the Franciscan orders appeared as reform movements to rejuvenate medieval monasticism. Spiritual zeal spurred laymen to engage in the Albigensian and Waldensian movements. The energy expended in the building of the great Gothic cathedrals of Europe was also a testimony to the spiritual zeal of the era. Roman numeral 1. The Cross versus the Crescent, 1095 through 1291. Christians had carried on crusades against the Moors in Spain and the Muslims in Sicily for some time before the Crusades to the Holy Land. This western wing of the crusading movement was aimed at expelling the Muslims from territory that they held in western Europe. The Crusades to Palestine, which were the eastern and great wing of this crusading movement against the Muslims, had for their aim the recapture of Palestine from the more brutal Muslim Seljuk Turks. The whole movement may be characterized as a holy war against the enemies of the cross by the spiritual forces of Western Christendom. Already in 1074, Gregory VII had called for a crusade against the Muslims in Palestine who were harassing the Eastern Empire and who were persecuting pilgrims. But the struggle with Henry IV over lay investiture kept him from being the Pope who started the Crusades. Heading A. Causes of the Crusades One should always remember that although the Crusaders had economic or political interests, The primary motive of the Crusades was religious. The Seljuk Turks, who had replaced the Arabs, were much more fanatical and brutal than those whom they had replaced, and European pilgrims were subjected to persecution when they landed in Palestine. Moreover, Alexius, the emperor of Constantinople, had asked the aid of Western Western European Christians against these Muslim Asiatic invaders who were threatening the security of his kingdom. This religious motivation gave the Crusades the nature of a mass pilgrimage to Palestine. The movement of people was comparable in its scope to the barbarian migrations into the Roman Empire shortly before its fall. It has been estimated that nearly a million people took part in the activities associated with the First Crusade. The movement was also an attempt to solve the problem of who should control the Near East a problem that has always been a matter of concern to Europe. Economic considerations led many to join the Christians' efforts to oust the Muslims. Famine was a common phenomenon in Western Europe in the century preceding the Crusades. 
The Venetians were interested in the stimulation of the trickle of trade with the Near East, and the Normans were apparently as much interested in plunder or setting up feudal fiefs as they were in rescuing the holy places from the Muslims. The love of military adventure, which was sanctified by the Roman Church, also drew many of the feudal nobles and knights into the armies of the Crusades. Others joined the Crusades to escape from domestic boredom or the punishment for crimes. Heading B. The Crusades The direct cause of the First Crusade was the appeal by Urban II at a synod at Clermont in November 1095 to launch a crusade against the Muslims. He urged the crusade as an answer to Alexius's appeal for aid, but in Urban's mind the grander concept of the rescue of the holy places from Muslim hands took priority over aid to the Eastern Empire. The assembled crowd, mostly Frenchmen, replied with an enthusiastic Dus Volt, or God wills it, to the proposal of Urban, who was a Frenchman. The enthusiasm was so great that masses of peasants aroused by the preaching of Peter the Hermit and Walter the Penniless started to march through Germany, Hungary, and the Balkans in 1096 to Palestine. Because they were unorganized and undisciplined, the emperor of Constantinople was glad to let those still alive across the straits to Asia Minor, where they were either massacred by the Turks or taken prisoners and sold as slaves. This unorganized lay crusade of French peasants was only a prelude to the organized effort of the First Crusade led by nobles from France, Belgium, and Norman Italy. The various armies and their leaders arrived at Constantinople by the spring of 1097. The crusaders took Nicaea after a short siege and by fall found themselves before Antioch, which they captured in the spring of 1098. Finally, on June 15, 1099, they captured Jerusalem. The liberation of Jerusalem and the creation of feudal states were the main results. These crusaders, who had been feudal lords back in Europe, succumbed to the temptation to set up feudal fiefs in areas they had captured, and many of the castles in the Near East date from this period. Jerusalem and the surrounding country was finally organized into the Kingdom of Jerusalem under Godfrey of Bullion, Bullon, who had been the moral leader of the crusade. In this fashion, the objectives of the First Crusade were achieved. The pressure against Constantinople by the Muslims was relaxed, and Jerusalem was, a, was again in the hands of Christian rulers. The Knights Templars and Hospitallers were organized to provide protection and aid to pilgrims and to fight the Muslims. The occasion for the Second Crusade was the Muslim threat to the northern, northeastern flank of the Kingdom of Jerusalem after the Muslims had captured the feudal fife of Edessa. In 1146, the saintly mystic Bernard of Clairvaux, in his preaching, instigated and promoted the Second Crusade. The King of France and the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire led the crusade, but it proved to be a failure. This failure was followed by a recapture of Jerusalem by Saladin, the Muslim leader, in 1187. The Third Crusade, 1189-92, to known as the King's Crusade, was under the leadership of Philip Augustus of France, Richard of England, and Emperor Frederick I. 
Frederick accidentally drowned on the way to Palestine, and Philip Augustus, after a quarrel with Richard, went home. Richard went on fighting. Although he was unsuccessful in recapturing Jerusalem, he did get Saladin to agree to give pilgrims access to Jerusalem. Forced to be content with this, Richard made his way home to England. Innocent III, who was anxious to retrieve the failure of the Third Crusade, ardently preached the need of a, of a crusade, the Fourth, to capture Egypt as a base for operations against Palestine. An important result of this crusade was that the Greek Church and the Eastern Empire were again made subject to the Pope from 1204 to 1261 by the capture of Constantinople on April 13, 1204, after 150 years of religious independence. This crusade helped to weaken the Eastern Empire and to deepen the hatred between Latin and Greek Christians. Frederick II, the leader of the Sixth Crusade, was successful in negotiating a treaty that brought Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, and a corridor to the sea under control of the Christians. But the Muslims kept the mosque of Omar. Jerusalem was once again temporarily under a Christian king. But, in spite of several later crusades, the territories captured by the crusaders fell once more into the hands of the Saracens. Who had, succeeded to, who had succeeded the Seljuk Turks as overlords in Palestine. The Children's Crusade of 1212 consisted of about a 100,000 teens and younger children. The French group, led by Stephen, aged 12, went to Rome, and the, and the German group, led by Nicholas across southern Europe, went to Marcellus. War and hunger killed many, and most of the rest became slaves. Their average age was 12 years old. The crusading era ended with the fall of Acre in 1291 to the Muslims. Heading C. Consequences of the Crusades. The Crusades had important political and social results in Western Europe. Feudalism was weakened because many knights and nobles who went as crusaders never returned, and because many sold their lands to peasants or wealthy middle-class townsmen to raise money for the crusades. Cities controlled the feudal by feudal lords often were able to buy charters, providing them with self-government. Kings were able to centralize their control with the aid of the middle class, which favored a strong centralized nation-state under a monarch in order to provide the conditions of security and order so essential to business. Some of the religious results were the, that the papacy enhanced its prestige during the Crusades by the channeling of energies of nations into the Crusades led to a rise of national feeling that eventually weakened the papal power. The creation of the Latin kingdom of Constantinople deepened the religious antagonism between East and West and weakened the Eastern kingdom so that its eventual fall in 1453 was assured. The emergence of the military orders gave the Pope additional bands of loyal monks. Persuasion replaced power as a technique to deal with the Muslims. Raymond Lull, circa 1235-1315, of a noble Majorcan family, learned Arabic and the Arab culture from a slave whom he, brought, whom he bought for that purpose, so that prospective mis missionaries to the Muslims might know the Arab language, literature, and culture. He set up a training college in 1276 at Miramar in southeast Spain and created books of apologetic arguments to win Muslims. 
he was martyred in North Africa. Economic results were equally important. The Italian cities led by Venice started trade with the Near East as soon as possible after the successful First Crusade. The trade in luxury products from the Near East, such as silk, spices, and perfumes, led the economic foundations for the patronage of art in the Renaissance Italy. In Renaissance Italy. People who returned from the Crusades wanted to buy the luxuries that they had seen in the Near East. Although the Crusades failed to accomplish the permanent freedom of Jerusalem from Muslim control, they did bring many benefits to Western Europe and held to dissipate its cultural provincialism. Arabic learning, science, and literature were brought to Western Europe and were studied by the scholastics, who tried to synthesize this learning with Christian revelation. Monasticism Reform Roman numeral 2 Many new monastic organizations emerged in the 12th century as an expression of the same spiritual zeal that displayed itself in the Crusades and that was also manifested in the great wave of cathedral building. The reforming zeal of the Cluniac movements, movement of the 10th century disappeared as the order became wealthy. But new reforming groups such as the Cistercians all arose to do in the 12th century what Cluny had done in the 10th. The orders of the Dominicans and Franciscans came into being to meet the problem of winning Muslims and heretics to the faith by persuasion, though education, through education, or by missionary effort. The spiritual zeal of the Crusaders resulted in the founding of lay military orders. All these orders willingly subjected themselves to the papacy, the vow of obedience including obedience to the Pope, as well as to the abbot or head of the order. The movement also satisfied the medieval desire for the ascetic life and provided those interested in learning with an opportunity to engage in scholarly studies. Attempts were made to reform the Benedictine order during the 11th century by a renewed emphasis on the movement's earlier asceticism, which had expressed itself in work and prayer. The decentralization of the older order, which gave autonomy to the local abbot, was replaced by centralization of authority. The Carthusian monasteries, which were organized by Bruno in 1084, followed this pattern. The order of Augustinian canons began as an attempt to to bring the canons secular clergymen of a cathedral who aided the bishop in his work, under the rules of the of the regular clergy. The rule of St. Augustine was adopted, and common dress and com- community of goods and residence were adopted about 1119 A.D. Heading A. The Cistercian Order. The Cistercian Order was founded at Citeaux in France in 1098, by a Benedictine monk named Robert, who wanted to correct the lack of discipline in contemporary monasticism. The Cistercian monks differed from those of Cluny by their greater emphasis on ascetic self-denial, the simplicity of the architecture of their buildings, and centralized organization. The abbots of the daughter monasteries met with the abbot at Citeaux in a yearly assembly to consider the problems of the group. Although the abbot of Citeaux exercised authority over the sister 
houses. He did not exercise the power of the abbot of Cluny, but presided over an annual council of abbots. Whereas the Cluniacs were mainly aristocratic in background, the Cistercians attracted more adherents from the peasant class. The Cistercians also gave more attention to agriculture than to scholastic pursuits. Their reforming program made such an appeal that the order included 530 houses by 1200, and from that point it grew rapidly. It began a fresh spirit of zeal to a decadent monasticism. Much of the fame of the organization was a result of the efforts of Bernard, 1090-1153, of the monastery of Clairvaux. He was of noble birth and owed much to his godly mother, Aletta. He founded the monastery at Clairvaux in 1115. At the age of 25, and with the aid of thirty companions and his five brothers, he was able to make it one of the most famous centers of the Cistercian order. Although he was humble and inclined to a mystical life, Bernard could be practical and courageous. In the heyday of his rule at Clairvaux, the Pope, as well as the rulers, were glad to listen to his counsel. His preaching, which emphasized the suffering of pilgrims traveling to Palestine and the profanation of the holy places, was largely responsible for the Second Crusade. His great ability in homiletics and his delight in mysticism are revealed in his homilies on the Song of Solomon. His mystical tendencies produce such great hymns as, quote, Jesus, thou joy of loving hearts, end quote, and, quote, Jesus, the very thought of thee, end quote. When Abelard's conceptualists' views seemed to be subverting the foundation of theology, Bernard came from forth as the champion of the orthodox position. His intellectual, mystical, oratorical, and political, practical abilities made him the spiritual leader and second founder of the Cistercian movement, as well as a power in the affairs of church and state in medieval Europe. Heading B. The Military Orders The Crusades gave rise to a military type of monasticism that combined the art of war with the monastic life. The Order of the Knights of St. John, or the Knights Hospitallers, was founded early in the 12th century to defend pilgrims and to care for the ill. In the early period of its history, it was the medieval equivalent to the modern-day Red Cross. The monks took the threefold monastic vow, but did not give up their profession of arms. In possession or profession of arms. In fact, the order later became a strictly military organization to defend the Holy Land from the infidels. The Knights Templars, whose name was derived from their headquarters near the Temple of Jerusalem, was founded as an order about 1118. The order was recognized officially in 1128 and brought under the Cistercian rule of the monastic life in 1130. It was primarily pledged to defend the Holy Land from the onslaughts of the Muslims. The order was dissolved in 1312 because it was dabbling too much in French politics. Subject only to the papacy and dedicated to the advance of its interests, these two organizations formed a standing army of monk knights. The Teutonic Knights, founded after the Third Crusade, moved to Prussia to save it from the Slavs. 
they became ancestors of the Prussian noble families. Heading C. The Friars. The Friars presented still another type of 12th century reforming monasticism. They took vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, as did the monks. But instead of living in monastic communities to pray and labor apart from the secular world, they went among the people of the cities to help them and to preach to them in the vernacular. The monasteries had property, and the monks supported themselves by work, but the friars were supported by the alms and gifts that the people gave them. They were more directly under the leadership of the Pope than the orders before the 12th century had been. In addition to the more important Franciscan or Dominican friars, the Carmelite and Austin friars were organized in this period. The Franciscan order was founded by Francis of Assisi in 1182 to 1226, the pleasure-loving son of a rich merchant. He was converted during an illness and left his father's home to consecrate himself to poverty and the service of God. Gathering several young men of like interest around himself, he drew up a rule to govern their lives. This rule involved poverty, chastity, and obedience, but obedience to the papacy was emphasized. The organization was approved verbally by Innocent III in 1209. The Franciscan order became so popular that in 1212 the Pope permitted a girl of 18 named Claire to organize a companion organization for women known as the Poor Clares. In 1221, the Tertiaries, or Third Order, was founded for those laymen and laywomen who lived by the rules of the order but could not leave their secular life because of family or business ties. The name friar, derived from the Latin word for brother, frater, was synonymous not only with spiritual development but also with service to the Roman Church. The Franciscans have always been in the vanguard of the missionary effort of the Roman Church. During his lifetime, Francis preached in Spain and Egypt. Others also went to the Near East and even to the Far East. Jean de Mont Corvino, 1246 circa to 1330, went as far east as far as Peking before 1300. He baptized 6,000 in Peking alone and had 30,000 converts by 1300. But the Ming dynasty destroyed the church in 1368. When Spain and France opened up the lands of the Western Hemisphere, most of the missionary work in the New World was done by the Franciscans. The ruins of the 18th century Franciscan missions, along with the King's Road in California, testified to their activity. As the order grew, it became more centralized under a general appointed by the, by the Pope. The order also had many scholars such as Roger Bacon, Bonaventura, Don Scotus, and William of Ockham. Bacon became a pioneer in scientific experiment, and the ideas of Ockham concerning the nature of reality had an influence on the spiritual development of Martin Luther and strengthened the experimental approach to life during the Renaissance. The Dominicans were also mendicants, that is, members of a religious order who lived by alms, whereas Franciscans were great missionaries, winning men by example and emotional appeal. The the Dominicans were great scholars who tried to win men from heresy by intellectual persuasion. The appeal of the Dominicans was to man's head, and that of the Franciscans 
to his heart. Dominic's 1170-1221, a Spanish priest of noble birth, on a visit to southern France, pitied the Albigensian heretics of that area, and developed the idea of fighting heresy with the weapons of austerity of life, simplicity, and argument. For this reason, the Dominican, quote, hounds of the Lord, end quote, emphasized preaching. The Dominican order was approved by the Pope in 1216, and a highly centralized organization was developed. Each of the separate groups was under a prior, who, in turn, was subject to a prior in charge of the province. Over the general convocation of the order was placed a master general, who was responsible to the Pope. They were missionaries and educators. Thomas Aquinas and his teacher, Albertus Magnus, were the outstanding scholars of the order. The present system of theology of the Roman Catholic Church was developed by Aquinas. The Dominicans also engaged in missionary activity. It was the Dominican order that in 1233 was given the task of running the machinery of the Inquisition after it was organized. Several of the leading mystics, such as Meister Eckhart and John Toller, were Dominican friars, and Savonarola, the famous Florentine reformer, belonged to this order. The friars strengthened religion among the people of the parishes by their unselfish service. Their good deeds and preaching in the vernacular were practical manifestations of the church that the people readily understood. In fact, preaching was restored to its proper place in the Roman church by the friars, directly responsible to the pope. They tended to strengthen the power of the papacy over local bishops and lay, lay rulers. Both orders provided many fine missionaries to all parts of the world. Franciscan hospitals ministered to the physical as well as the spiritual needs of the people. Nearly 10,000 friars died while ministering to the people during the Black Death in 1348 and 1349. Above all, they made tremendous contributions to the field of learning, particularly in the realm of theology, where the name of Thomas Aquinas stands out as the best scholar of the medicant movement. The activities of the Dominicans in operating the Inquisition for the Popes is another and blacker side of the picture. By the middle of the 14th century, the mendicant movement formed corporations to hold wealth, and the spiritual zeal of the first-generation friars disappeared. Roman numeral three. Lay reforming movements. Unity was the keynote medieval society. This unity was achieved by the universal institutions of the Holy Roman Empire, by the hierarchical Roman Church and allegiance to it, and by the spiritual standardization of the sacraments and the creeds. But underneath this unity there were always rumblings of dissent. These rumblings were to become, at the time of the Reformation, a volcanic explosion that would tear asunder the fabric of medieval religion. Unlike the monks and friars who sought to bring about internal reform, the Catharthi and Albigenenses and Waldensians and other sects arose as an external revolt to purify religion in the late 12th century. The frequent of the frequency of corruption in the late excuse me the frequency of corruption in the life and practice of the papal hierarchy 
and the secular activities of the papacy made many react against the lack of spiritual power that they often saw in their parish churches. More information concerning these medieval sects has been preserved by their enemies than by their friends, and therefore accurate information about them is scarce. Both the Albigenses and the Waldenses sought to return to the purer form of religion they saw in the New Testament. They were forerunners of the Reformation. Heading A. The Philosophic Albigenses The Catharthi, or Albigenses, so-called, because they were most numerous around Albi in southern France, used the New Testament as a basis for their ideas, the heretical ideas that they formulated resembling the dualistic and ascetic ideas of Gnostic, Paulician, and Bogomil movements. The Albigenses believed that there was an absolute dualism between the good God, who made the souls of men, and the evil God, lowercase g, who was given a material body after he was cast out of heaven. Following his expulsion, the evil God made the visible world. Consequently, matter is evil, and therefore the Carthi, literally, the word means the pure, were opposed to reproduction of the race, to the sacraments, particularly the Mass, with its emphasis on physical presence of Christ in the elements, the doctrines of hell and purgatory, and a physical resurrection. Salvation involved repentance, the rite of consolment, consolamentum, performed by the laying on of hands and laying, on, laying the gospel of John on the head of the candidate, an ascetic avoidance of marriage, oaths, war, milk, meat, cheese, and eggs. They condemned the use of anything material in worship. The elite, called the perfecti, had the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of restoration in the, to the kingdom of God. Because flesh cannot inherit the heaven, the believers who lacked this rite of consolamentum had, a, had to receive it before death. The Albigenses, by making the New Testament the authoritative expression of their faith, offered a challenge to the Roman Church, which claimed authority, though the lines of popes, through the lines of popes from Christ himself. Persecution and the Albigensian move, crusade, led by Simon de Montfort and sponsored by Innocent III in 1209, were the answers of the medieval Roman Church to this affront to its authority. Heading B. The Waldenses The Waldensian movement, which emerged during the last quarter of the 12th century, was much more like the Protestant and Puritan movements. In the mid-1170s, Peter Waldo, a rich merchant of Lyons, read a translation of the New Testament and was so impressed with the claims of Christ that he gave up all his property except enough to feed his family, and he then organized a band known as the Poor Men. They wished to preach as laymen, but they were forbidden to do so by the Pope. In 1184, they were excommunicated for their refusal to stop preaching. As is so often the case, a minority desiring reform were forced out of, the, out of the organized church by a loveless majority who lost the values that such a zealous group might have supplied. The Waldensians believed that everyone should have the Bible, 
in his own tongue, and that it should be the final authority for faith and life. Following the example of Christ, they went out by twos, laymen dressed in simple clothes, to preach to the poor in the vernacular. They accepted the standard ecumenical confessions, the Lord's Supper and Baptism, and lay ordination to preach and administer the sacraments. Their society had its own clergy, with bishops, priests, and deacons. Waldo was the head of the society up to the time of his death in 1217. Others known as friends were secret associates of the Waldensian groups, but they were permitted to remain with the Roman Church. The Waldensians anticipated, in many respects, the ideas of the Protestants and Reformation, of the Reformation. They still exist as an earnest band of about 35,000 believers in northern Italy. Heading C. The Eschatological Jacomites. Jacum, 1132-1202, a Cistercian monk, believed that the Father, capital F, was important in the Old Testament period of law stressed by Peter, and the Son, capital S, was prominent in the New Testament era of Paul, until 1260. In the era of the Holy Spirit, after 1260, a new age of love, as seen in John's writings, would come after a short period of Antichrist. The response of the Roman Church to these affronts, to its authority, especially by Catharthi, Cathari, was varied. Dominican friars, by preaching, made every effort to win the Cathari back to the faith. Another answer was the crusade waged from 1209 to 1218, that practically exterminated the Albigenses in southern France. Still another answer was given at the Synod of Teloise in 1229. This synod forbade laymen the use of the vernacular translations of the Bible. In this way, invidious comparisons between the New Testament Church and the Roman Catholic Church might be avoided. Still another answer was the development of the Inquisition, a secret ecclesiastical court that used to torture and withhold na- withheld the names of accusers in its judgment of heretics, and turned them over to the state for punishment in the form of loss of property or burning at the stake. At first, the Inquisition was in Episcopal hands, but as the number of heretics increased, the papacy assumed control in 1233, and Gregory the commissioned the Dominicans to punish heresy, and in this way was to eliminate the Cathari. These procedures for dealing with heresy brutalized the clergy and laymen engaged in dealing with the, with the heretics. Fear of punishment for thought uh, other than that prescribed by the Roman Church brought intellectual stagnation. Persecution, however, often brought more people to an acceptance of heretical doctrine. The unwillingness of the Roman Catholic Church to meet the need of the spiritual reform desired by the sects tended toward an ossification that that made the Reformation inevitable. The 12th and 13th centuries were marked by movements of internal and external reform. The Cistercian movements, symbolized in the person of Bernard of Clairvaux, and the mendicant, the mendicant, mendicant movements were attempted were attempts to purify the Roman Church by a renewal of spiritual zeal. Laymen who attempted to reinstate the Bible as their authority found themselves balked in their attempts, and their, therefore set up movements outside the Roman Church 
in order to practice the Christianity that they saw in the Bible. Although the zeal of monk, friar, and crusader was associated with an institution rather than a divine person, capital P, the period was one of spiritual enthusiasm that the Roman Church might have put to a more constructive use than it did.